Welcome to the podcast version of Police Science Doctor, the online resource bridging the gap between research and investigative practice. For police personnel who go the extra mile. For academics who want to connect better with investigative practitioners. On YouTube and on policesciencedoctor.com. Hello, hello everyone. Suzanne Knabonicol here from Police Science Doctor with your weekly dose of police science snippets. This week it's number 111, a nice round influential number. I don't know why I said influential. I have no idea if it's influential or not. But if you're new to this, every week, every Tuesday, I come to these social media channels and I do a broadcast to talk to you about three excerpts of science, police science that I've extracted from a number of academic articles um, in the fields of police science, forensic psychology, investigative psychology, criminology, and related fields. I go through all these articles because I know you guys don't have time to, and I'll select three that I think might be useful and actionable because a lot of academic research that is published is very, very either extremely specific and niche or very abstract and not exactly very um, hands-on to the practitioner on the ground as you might be. So I go through these so you don't have to, and I give you the essence of the article, you know, just a tiny piece of really salient information. And I email these snippets every week on a Tuesday, again, to everyone who's on the police science doctor email list. It's free to get onto that list, so you might as well do it, and you'll get these emailed into your inbox every Tuesday, and they contain the link to the original article. So you can then go and read the article yourself, or at least you can read the abstract, which is the beginning summary of it. Whether you can then access the entire article or not is down to the publisher of that article, of that journal, and unfortunately, I have no control over that. That will depend on whether your institution, if you're working for an institution, has access to that or not, or has given you access to it. But again, I do this every week. If you come across articles that you think might be useful um, for others like yourself and others in the in the field of police science to hear about, then please do email it to me on contact at policesciencedr.com. And um, maybe it'll get featured. If it does get featured and it came through you, then um, I'll very happily credit you for that because it's quite difficult to find three suitable articles every week because there are so many that are just very abstract and niche, like I said. So the snippets I wanted to share with you today, the first one is about credibility in anti-extremism. It is widely believed that reformed extremists would possess the most credibility when acting as mentors to try and reform current extremists. However, this study found that former right, far-right extremists neither have greater nor less credibility amongst the general population than police officers and are also not seen as credible in the far-right milieu. So the general public doesn't think they're more or less credible than police officers and in the, in the target audience, the far-right milieu they actually have less credibility than police officers, which is interesting and potentially counterintuitive because we do think that reformed um, reformed drug addicts, reformed um, prisoners, criminals are probably very good as mentors too because they, they've done the, they've talked the talk and walked the walk, which is what it says in the article as well. Um, on the other hand, police officers were found to have credibility in that area. So it's, it's quite interesting. I don't know if that's specific to the far-right community or if that might apply to maybe jihadist extremists as well or environmental extremists. I don't know. But this article was about um, far-right extremism. The second snippet for today is about psychological harm um, experienced by forensic investigators. 
Now, obviously, we know a lot about the psychological harm done to police officers in the UK, for example, they're five times more likely to have um, symptoms of PTSD than the general population, and also one in five already has such symptoms. This is, however, about staff, um, civilian members of the police force. Police staff working in digital forensics, scenes of crime and accident investigators as forensic investigators are exposed to scenes and materials which are highly distressing. This study found that these forensic investigators had higher symptoms of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, than those found in police officers. So for these specific um, civilian jobs, the levels of psychological harm are actually higher than police officers, which means they definitely need um, a lot more looking after and a lot more support wrapped around them. The last snippet for this week is about curiosity and crime. We have long known that low self-control is a strong predictor for delinquency. However, previously overlooked, curiosity is also correlated with criminal behavior and can be seen as another additional cause of crime and deviance. Now, you have to be careful here because curiosity in itself is not a bad thing, whereas I don't, I can't think of any examples which would say that a lack of self-control can be a good thing in certain um, in certain circumstances. But curiosity is obviously very necessary for our survival and our development. However, especially when coupled with low self-control, it's a much stronger predictor of crime than a lack of self-control in itself. So these were the snippets for today. I hope there was something of use in there for you. Um, and hopefully I'll see you again next week. And until then, I wish you a wonderful time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this content useful. You can get access to each episode's transcript with key learning points, timestamps and references if you get yourself onto my mailing list. Just go to the main website on policesciencedoctor.com and on the bottom of each page you will find a sign-up form for notifications of new content. Just enter your first name, your preferred email address and the type of organization you work for. You will not get any spam. This is just for me to let you know about new content and for you to get access to all the transcripts. Thank you.